Well, good morning. Come on out. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Got to make a little bit of noise. Come on. Yes. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to welcome everyone watching online as well. And also, can we get for our Grayson campus? Come on, Grayson. We love you guys. I'm telling you. Pretty soon, we're gonna be one church and three locations as we launch our Ashland campus coming up here shortly. Hopefully, as we continue just to seek the Lord and next steps there. So really super excited about that. You know, uh, back in the 1930s, a great movie came out, and uh, it won't take you long to remember what movie it is when I make this statement. And in that statement was uh, this little girl made a, a, a big statement that became a well-known statement across the world. And even to this day, we will say this a lot of times when we travel or if we're going away somewhere for a while and we're trying to make our way back, I'm sure you can fill in the blank when I say this to you. There is no place like home. There is no place like home. And I know if, if you've been around before, if you, if you thought about that, if you traveled, there always comes a point that you can't wait to get into your own bed, sleep on your own pillow, use your own toilet paper. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like I, I get home, that's right, I use my own refrigerator. Like there's no place like home. Home And there's a lot of statements when it comes to home. You know, home could be defined as many things. A lot of times we say we're going home, which means we're going to our house or to a place. A lot of people say home is where your heart is. Well, you gotta be careful because a lot of times we put our hearts in the wrong places and that place becomes our home. You know, a lot of times we think, though, home is where, for me, a lot of times is where my family is. Wherever my family is, I can make it home. And so no matter where I go, as long as I have my family with me, that's my home. That's, that's what I want to live for. That's what I want to pour into. And so I love having my family with me everywhere we go. And so if home is where your family is, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but God, when he made us, God wanted a family. God didn't have to. God, he, he just chose to in his sovereignty to create us, give us a free will that we would choose to love him back. And the Bible, when we read through the Bible, there's a, that when you look at the scripture, God wanted a family and God calls us the family of God. Those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, have repented of their sin and put their faith in Jesus has become part of the family of God. And God calls his family the ecclesia, the called out ones that we call the church. And God wants his family to belong together that belongs to him. And when we're part of the family of God, there's some things and some benefits that God has for us. You know, a lot of times people say, they may, may make the comment like, hey, I don't need church. And what you mean by that is I don't need the family. I don't need the family of God in my life. Now, for someone to say they don't need church, there's two things. I'm not being mean here. They're even arrogant. They're full of pride. They just don't know that they need it. Or, or they're ignorant. And I'm not being mean about that. They just don't know. They've not been raised up to say, what's the importance of a family? And why should I belong to a church? And why do we need each other? And over the last two years, you know this more than anything else. The enemy has done everything he can to isolate the church, to, to scatter the church, to scatter through fear all over the place so that, watch this, that the family of God doesn't meet together. And if you read the scriptures in Hebrew, in fact, one of the things that when the end draws near, when we're getting closer to the end of the time, and that's another time, we'll get to that series later, the Bible, the author of Hebrew tells us that we should spur one another to meet more as the day draws near when Jesus returned. And so my question to you is, what does it mean when we talk about family? 
And what does it mean to be part of the family of God? And what are some of the benefits? And so if you've always thought about, you know, you know this, is, this may be a place that I'm gonna call my home church, and we have different locations all over you know, the world, right? The Big C Church does. And it does take different type of churches to connect with different type of people, and that is okay. We have all kinds of different styles and, and things like that, but at the end of the day, where do you belong? Where is your family? Where, where, where's the place that you call home? And what does it mean to call this place home? If this is your home, like this is where you're gonna raise your family, this is where you're gonna use your gifts, this is where you're gonna be spiritually fed and nourished, but also cared for and protected. I'm gonna walk through that. What does it look like to be part of the family of God? In fact, Paul tells us this, that God wants to adopt us into his family and bring us to Christ Jesus. Paul goes on and writes to, to young Timothy, young preacher, listen to what he says in verse, chapter three, verse 14. He says, I'm writing these things to you. This is the letter that we have from Paul. I'm writing these things to you so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves, how we should act, all these things, how we should conduct ourselves in the household of God. See, God has a household. This is, watch this, the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of truth. So God called his family the church to belong to one another, to, to use us, watch this, to share the gospel to the ends of the world. God wants a family to carry on this for generation to generation to generation. Now, before I jump in and talk in what the church and the family of God is, let's talk about what it's not. The church is not an event. It's not a show. It's not a worship service. It's not four songs and a message. The church is not an event. It's not a program. It's not a building, and I know, because we say this, right? Come on, we're going to church, as if the church is something separate than my daily life, as if the church is something separate than my workplace, as the church is something, like I'm going to a building. The church is not a, the building. So we've been told that, like, come on, get up and get your Sunday school dress and your best on, and we're gonna go to church, and I understand that. We said, come on, we're going to church. But the reality is we are the church. We don't go to church. We bring the church to a building, we are the church, the people of God. And so when we understand that and understand that church is not an event, because when church becomes an event or a program, then we become consumerist that I'll go to what makes me feel good. I'm gonna go through, it's like a shopping mall. Well, they got that for the kid. Well, they got that for me. Well, that, they don't have nothing for me. It's not about you. Church has never been about you. It's been about him who we come and we glorify. And so when we walk through what it is, first we gotta understand what it's not. Church is not something that you go to, it's something that you belong to. And you belong to the family of God. And so what are some of the benefits when it comes to being part of the family? And so when we think about the church, God calls it in the scripture, he calls it his family. He calls it the family. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have no longer foreigners, we're no longer far off, we've been adopted and we've been placed into the family of God. And so Paul says this in Ephesians 2. He says, so now you Gentiles, what's a Gentile? If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So this is written to us. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Everybody else who's not a Jew. For, so now you Gentiles, you, us, we're no longer strangers, we're no longer foreigners. Watch this, we're citizens. Along with all of God's holy people, here it is, you are members of God's family. Here's one of the benefits, if you're taking notes, of being in the family of God. Number one is this, in God's family, I learn my identity. I get to learn who I am when I am in God's family. 
what God made me, what's my purpose, what's my value, all this stuff. How has God made me? I get to learn my identity. And let me tell you what, people are searching the world for their identity, especially over the last two years. Who am I? Like, where, where do you get your identity? It's not from the world. It's not from your parents. It's not from what culture says. Where is your identity? What are you seeking your identity in? Your title? Your degree? Your, permission, your position? Your accolades? Like, that's what your identity is? That's what you're identifying to? See, most of our identity, if you think about it, comes from our relationships. For instance, I'm a son, because I have a mom. Right, I have, so there's a relationship, so I'm a son, I'm a grandson, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm a dancer, you know, I was just kidding, I'm sorry, that, that was the, the green tea I drank this morning, but anyway, you know, I, you, you identify from the relationships that you have with people, and in those relationships, right, I'm a friend, why, because I have relationships, I'm an employee, because I'm part of a, a relationship, and most of our, our, our identity comes from our relationships with people around us. And that's why a lot of times, listen, I've seen before, when, when someone goes through a divorce, the married couple, one of them, most likely, they both begin to try to find who they are because they've only been known as an identity of so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife. I see this all the time when people retire. They retire and next thing they know, they don't know what to do with their life. In fact, depression will set in because their whole life, they've been determined by their identities in a title or a position, or what they did for 30 or 40 years of their life. And now they're depressed because they don't know who they are. In the time of their life, they should be okay. Now it's time to do what maybe God has freed me up to do. And so there's, where is your identity and where are you finding it? And here's the crazy thing, here's some good news. In God's family, your identity is permanent and it will last forever. Now, now listen to me, I, before the claws come out, this, just let me unpack this. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, your spiritual family is gonna be longer and with you longer than your physical family. Because listen, what's gonna happen is like, we see this all the time. You grow up, you move away, and you die. Physical families don't last forever, but a spiritual family will for all eternity. For all eternity, we're gonna be with each other. Say, well, I don't like them. Well, you better learn to like them because you're gonna be with them forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the family of God, it's permanent. And so my identity comes now, not what I do or what I have, but who he says I am. And now my identity is found in the family of God. And so that's why it's so important for we find the family that we can belong to and we discover our identity of who we are in Christ and what God wants to do with us. Because listen, your identity in the family of God will last for all eternity. It's God's spiritual family. The author of Hebrews says this in chapter two, verse 11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy, how does God make you holy? You repent of your sin, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he came, he died, he got up out of the grave three days, and if you will believe in him and confess him, you will be made holy, you'll be made right in his image, in his life, in his eyes. He makes you holy, we have the same father, right? Because we're part of the family. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brothers and sisters. Listen to me, your sin doesn't define you anymore. When you become part of the family of God, your sin doesn't define you anymore. You're not defined about what's happened or what you've done. You're defined who you are in Christ. And that's why Jesus is not ashamed. Did you see this? He's not ashamed to call you his brother and sister. Now, some of you might feel that way because of what you've said, what you've tried, what you've done. Like, Jesus would be ashamed of me. He's not ashamed of you. 
That's why he wants to call you his brothers and sisters. Now, he may think you're weird. Anybody have any weird family members? If you don't raise your hand, that's because you're the weird one. Right? Don't mean we're not family. Don't mean we don't have it, we're not perfect. Doesn't mean we don't get along. He says, but I am not ashamed of you. Why? Because you were once in your sin, but now you've been adopted into the family of God and you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit that is in you. Most families, not today, I would say. I mean, some people still do, and you may do, uh, but it's usually more of um, maybe an older tradition or generation, but a lot of families sometimes will have a family crest or they have a family symbol, and I don't know if you have one or not, but you, or you can make one up, go to Etsy, and you could probably get one designed. And so you, you, you take it, so that's our family kind of crest or symbol. But in the family of God, you know what the symbol is of being part of the family of God? Being baptized. And when you are baptized, it's a picture and a symbol to the whole world that I'm dying to my old self and I'm raised to walk in the new. And now watch this, I am dying into the old Daniel and I'm now walking with the new Daniel. It's now I'm dying to my old ways and I'll be in part into the family of God. It's a picture, it's a symbol that I'm identifying with the body, with the church, with his family. And so listen, this is awesome because at the end of the month on our anniversary, we're gonna be having a baptism service and if you've never been baptized, listen, this is now your chance for you to be baptized to show the whole world you're putting the jersey on, you're part of the team, watch this, you're part of the family of God. That's the symbol that he has given us. We saw this in Acts. 3,000 people were saved and baptized in one day and, the, and he says this, and they were added to the church. They were added to the family of God, and so there's the symbol. But not only is the church looked at as the family, but God also identifies his church, his family, as a temple. That we are the temple of God. Paul tells us, he says, don't you realize that all together, all of us together, we are the temple of God that has the same spirit within us? And what do you know about a temple or about a building? You know, when we were building this building, I'll never forget, we came and they had the concrete poured and, and all the concrete. I was like, man, this would be great. I wish I had some roller skates. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been awesome. Like, can you imagine? I mean, it's just huge. And, and we're sitting here and I was walking around and I was like visualizing. And then all of a sudden, the steel beam started going up and the steel beam went up and, and then it goes across and then you would stand here and you couldn't look at it because they began to weld them together and like, oh, they've been to connect them together. And because they're connected, watch this, it could be erected and it can stand the way that it stands. A building cannot stand without connections. Listen to me, you won't make it in this life without connections. The reason why we are the body and the building and the temple of God is because there are connections. God wants you to be connected to each other, to belong to one another. We gotta have connections to stand. It's where I find my support, it's where I find my stability, which means this, here's the second benefit of being part of the family of God. In God's family, I am supported by other people. In God's family, you will be supported by other people. Why? Because there will be times in your life you will have struggle, you will have heartache, you will have tough times, and you need people in your life. You need people to be there for you at all times. And that's what it means to be part of the family. That's what it means to be the temple of God that we're built together in Christ Jesus with the same Father and the same Spirit within us. We're family and we belong to each other. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, we are carefully joined together in Jesus, in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, the you Gentiles, that's us, are also being made 
part of this dwelling, which means this is not just for the Jews. God brought all of us in to build his church, to build his tent. We just sung that. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. And he's going to build his church together by using messed up people like us, right? Because listen, if you're perfect, you came to the wrong church. We'll mess you up here. Like you're never going to find a place where this is perfect. And so he's building us up, and this is where we're gonna find our identity, and watch this, this is where we're gonna find our stability, where we will be supported by one another's in Christ Jesus. Listen, you were designed for connections. You're a Lego, you know what I'm saying? God designed you to be connected to each other. God just didn't save you and put you in a family and then say, now get over in a corner and say, isolated by yourself, you don't need us. No, no, no. God says, we need each other. We are part of the family. And listen, you need to get connected. And your best step, let me tell you what your best next step is. Your best next step, if you've never been connected to this family, is to jump into life track. Get into life track. We're gonna teach you how to read your Bible. We're gonna teach you how to find your, your gifts that God has wired you. We're gonna talk about how to share your faith with people. Get in the scripture. We're gonna teach you how to do it. Jump into life track. If you've already done that, let me tell you what your next best step is. You need to get in a group. You need to find a life group to get into. You need to start a life group with your friends. You already do group together. You already got the people you do life with. Now let's just do it together spiritually with the families, let's add the scripture to it, and let's be together and walk together intentionally as the family. You already got connections, and you already got people you do life with. We're not even asking you to change that. What we're asking you to change is take God's word and now let's put it in the group that you're with and now let's have a spiritual life group and let's not just talk about, hey, the football game. Let's just not talk about what you did this weekend. Let's talk about how God's changing your life. Let's hold each other accountable and see what God's doing in our lives. That's what a spiritual family does. And if, listen, if you are isolating yourself, the enemy will assassinate you and you'll wonder why you can't make it because you were never called to do life alone. You were called to belong to the family the family of God. And my question is, do you belong? Do you have a place that you could call that's my home, that's my family? Not just that you attend. There's a difference between attending and belonging. Do you belong? Are you connected to one another and to each other? And so we're seeing, God says, listen, we're, we're this image of a family, we're this image of a temple, but we're also this image of a body. God's compared her family to his family to a body. It says all of you are together in Christ's body and each of you are a part of it. So here's another benefit when it comes to being part of the body and the family of God. In God's family, I discover my unique value. Not only are you gonna discover your identity, you're gonna discover what you value, what's your purpose, how you're gifted, how God wants to use you in his family. God just don't save you and then put you over here and says, okay, don't do nothing. You're part of the family, and have you know this, right? When you're part of a household, you could ask my wife, you got your chores to do. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm saying, right? That's just how it goes, right? When you're part of the family, there's things that God wants you to do. There's household chores, if you wanna say. There's things that you do when you belong to part of a family. And so the family has looked, here's where you can find your unique value. Romans, Paul writes this in chapter 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has its own special function. My own body has its special functions. So it is with Christ's body, his family, the temple, the church, you. We are many parts of the body and we all belong to each other, which means this, we're all different. We all need each other. We all have different roles to play and when you don't play your part and your role as the body, the whole body suffers. 
So you need to play your part. In fact, we belong to each other. In fact, look at the person sitting beside and say, you belong to me. You belong to me. Some of you hesitate right there. It's like, I don't know. I don't know you. And some of you like, girl, can I get your digits? You know, like, you belong to me. Like, right? All right, all right, I'm just trying to help, right? Help everybody out. Welcome to Bear Life Church. We're glad you're here, right? All right, we belong to each other, right? And yes, it's messy, and yes, we, we figure it out as we go, but we belong to each other. Listen, you can't be what God has called you to be without the body of Christ. Let me say it again. You cannot be what God has called and designed you to be without his body. Because God never saved us to be on our own or to isolate ourselves. In fact, Paul writes this, it's kind of funny. I, you, know, you know, some people say, I love the Bible because I mean, there's humor in it and all stuff. This is kind of funny. God, you know, be inspired, which we believe also from the Holy Spirit. So God inspired Paul to write this. He says this in 1 Corinthians 12. If your foot says, as if you could hear your foot talk. Is that, ain't that funny? I just think that's funny. If your foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. Imagine my foot protesting. Nope, I'm not gonna work. I'm not gonna do that because I wanted to be a hand. God should have made me a hand. I wanted to be a hand. I think that's hilarious, y'all. And then I love that. He said, but doesn't it make it any less part of the body? What if your ear says, I'm not gonna be part of the body because I'm only ear. I want to be an eye. I want to see. I don't want to be sticking out on the side. I want to be colorful. I want to be an eye. Would it make any less part of the body? Now watch this, because we say this all the time. Well, God, you can't use me. I'm worthless. I'm no good. I play no part. I have no gifts. I have no role. Well, I wish I could sing like him. I wish I could sing like her. I wish I could teach like him. I wish I had that gift. I wish that had gift. You do have a gift. It's a unique one. It's valuable, and God wants to use you. In fact, some of the greatest, listen, things that happen behind the scene through team members who volunteer their time, if it was not for them, we could not do what we do. Just like I have vital organs in me that you cannot see, but without them, I will die. There are vital organs behind the scenes right now where people who volunteer and serve and use their time and effort, watch this, to build the church, to keep the church together, and you have no idea who they are. And they're not any less important just because they don't have a stage present. My gift is no greater than your gifts. Listen, we're equal, and we use our gifts how God wired us for his glory. And so when you sit here and you say, well, God, you messed up on me. You didn't do it on me. Amazing what you're saying is, God, listen, you messed up with me. God's like, I never make mistakes. I never say oops. I gifted you. I wire you. You've got value. Now add your value to your home, the place where you belong. And listen to me. Listen to me. And I'm, I'm being honest as I could be here. If this is a place that you can't find your identity, find support, and use your gifts to serve the body, listen to me. As your pastor or your communicator, whatever you want to call me, you have permission. Go find you another family, a church a body, why? So that you can use your gifts, get connected. Don't just be an attender, be a participator, right? Partner with us to carry the God. If you're just going to attend, like and you're just like, well, I just can't use, I, I don't know if this is where you're connected. Listen, hang out for a while, we can date for a while, but watch this, go find the place that you can put your roots into and raise your family says, my identity is in this body. This is where I belong. I will serve, I will give, I will connect, I will do whatever it takes to advance the kingdom of God. That's what it means, belonging. Not just attending or just watching. If you're just watching online, you're called to be part. I'm so glad there's a supplement. But listen, online church is not to supplement the family of God. God has created us to be in community. And he wants all of us. And listen, if you can't find that here, listen to me. I beg you, go find it somewhere else. 
because God wants to use you greatly. Don't neglect and use your gifts to serve him by just attending and not belonging and being connected to the family. And lastly, he also looks at the church as being part of a flock. We're his sheep. We talked about, I preached two messages on this last year about how Jesus is the great shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the door to the sheepfold. Remember, we went through the I am statements. He said that we know the great Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, right? He is my shepherd. He's the pastor. He's the leader. He's head of the church. Our whole philosophy has been listen to Jesus and do whatever he tells us to do. And so he sees us as the flock, as the sheep of God. In fact, that's the fourth benefit I would believe when it comes to being part of the family. There's many, but these are just the top ones. As I, in God's family, watch this, I am protected and I'm cared for. I am protected and I will be cared for in God's family. When the world's beating you up, where do you go to? When life is beating you up, where do you go to? You will need people who will walk with you in your life when everyone walks out of your life. And that will happen. Things will happen in your life and you'll need people there for you. If not, someday it will. And who are you gonna turn to? You need to find a place that you belong. And when we look through the scriptures, there's kinda, when it comes to the flock, the church, there's these two types that we see happening in the scriptures that people cared for and they protected. One was the pastors. The pastors were here to shepherd the people, to protect the flock, to encourage them, to help them. Peter even writes that for the pastor, it's your responsibility to watch over them. We see this in Hebrews, the author says this, it says, obey your spiritual leaders for what they say, for their work to watch over your souls and they will be accountable to God. Listen to me, I will stand before God someday and give an account how I led you. I have done everything in my entire power for the last 14 years as your pastor to lead you with all integrity and all above reproach in every area of my life. I've strived to be everything that God has called me to be. I don't take that lightly. I pray for you guys all the time. Please, God, pray for me. Because it's my responsibility how I shepherd you, how I coach you from the stage, how I communicate. But listen, it's more. I can't shepherd, I can't coach every single one of you one-on-one. That's why you need to get into the second part we see in the scripture, groups. And Acts, they met in each other's homes and they sold the properties and they broke bread together and they were generous to each other and they blessed one another and cared for one another. In fact, you can't do the one another's by yourself. Out of 58 one another's all through the scriptures, we're all about one-on-one in community with each other. And so you say, well, no one knows me here. Are you in a group? No, that's why. Because you are not gonna know everyone here. But listen to me, you need to know someone. Because when that happens in your life, and it will, who are you gonna turn to? Who's gonna be your family? The place that you belong. Your spiritual family, watch this, that you're gonna be with for all eternity. We're a flock. We're to be protected, we're to be cared for and to nurture it. And watch this, yes, from what we communicate, but also what we do daily together. One-on-one in community. And we carry out these 58 one another's in the scripture. So here's my question. Where are you looking? Or who are you looking towards to get your identity? And when you're part of the family of God adopted into the family, listen to this, you find a place that you are loved and you belong. 
And I'm gonna be really honest with you. And, you, and today in this consumerism world and church hopping all over the place and no one has stability, no one finds their roots, and when something happens or times get tough, at the one sign of time, you're gonna pick up and you're gonna jump around. Listen, that's, that's really a sign of an immaturity. Because if that's the case, the next church you go to in just a few months, you're gonna leave it too because you're never gonna find a perfect church. Ever. And it says more about you than what it says about the church. And you wonder why you go up and down and up and down. You have no community, no place to belong because you, you either won't commit or you're trying to find perfection that you'll never find that's only found in Jesus. And so find a place that you can belong. Find a place that you can call home. And if this is it, welcome home. We're messy. We're going through life together. We're gonna figure it out together. We're gonna love each other in good times and the bad times. We're gonna help each other in the good times and the bad times. That's what a family does. And God, when he saved you, watch this, he put you in a family so you can find your identity that's in Christ. Find stability and support in the family. Find security where you can be cared for and nurtured. Don't you want that? I think deep down inside we do, we just don't know how to. And so we're gonna create some very easy next steps for you. Really, honestly, one of the easiest next steps, super easy, is go to the next step area and say, hey, I'm gonna jump into Life Track. I'm gonna learn more about this church. I'm gonna learn more about how to read my Bible and study and things like that. That's, that's awesome. In February, we're gonna be launching groups. Find a group. If you don't have one, start one. Start one. And find people that you can do life with and say, come on, we're gonna be a family. And we're gonna go through this life together. I love this. Some of you are here going, Pastor, I'm already doing that. I've been through life track. I'm baptized. I'm in a group. I'm serving. Man, this is my home. What do you want me to do? You want me to tell you what your next step do? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus and the church. You know what one of our vision is for our youth ministry? It's for our students to love Jesus and love the church. Because so many students say they love Jesus, but when they go off to college, they quit going to church. We want them to love Jesus and love the church. Why? Because listen to what Paul writes in Ephesians 3. Glory. Glory to Jesus. Watch this. In the church. Glory. He has glorified in his bride, in his family, in his temple, in his flock, in his church. Glory in the church, and watch this, and in Christ Jesus. For what? For all generations to come. And so when we fall in love with Jesus and we fall in love with the church, watch this, we have another generation who comes up behind us who watches us fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with church, the family. And we wanna point fingers, it's the world, it's the culture, it's all these things that cause young people. No, you're the one that raised them. You raised them. I'm raising them. And I can't blame nothing else. Have I helped my kids love Jesus and love the church? Parents. So they can find a place to belong. I, I told them all the time, if my son goes off to college someday and he moves away from home and he says, Dad, I can't find a church, could you help me find one? I'm like, we won. We won. Because he knows the importance of belonging to a family. And I want you to get that. And I want all those benefits for you. 
And so will you consider praying hard about this being the family that you be part of? And if it is, come on, let's change the world. Let's change the region. Don't be just an attender. Participate, let's go. And if it's not here, it's okay. There's great churches in our communities and in our cities. Go find one. I say, I'm gonna belong here. And I'm gonna use my gifts, my talents, my finances and everything, my influence, everything I can to grow the kingdom. And guess what? He gets all the glory. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. A few next steps. This is the place you wanna belong, jump in the life track. It's the easiest place to start, it's the next step, it's the best place. We're just gonna help you, walk you through what it looks like of being part of Better Life Church both of our locations. Online, let us know, we'll get you plugged in. Maybe God brought you here today to realize I'm not even been adopted into the family. And today you need to repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in Him. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And watch this, He will forgive you of all your sins and adopt you and place you into the family of God. You were once far off and now you've been brought near. Why would you not want that? And right where you said, I always say this all the time, saying a prayer is not what saves you, but my lips can proclaim what my heart declares. And if my heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, then my lips can proclaim it. And right where you said, you could cry out to him, say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me, I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I repent of my sins and I put all my faith in you. In a moment, Hosha is gonna come out and tell you what your next steps are. And we just wanna celebrate with you. We wanna celebrate with you. Welcome to the family of God. Now, how can we help you and serve you? Grow, mature, walk with Jesus. Because that's what we wanna do. Our mission and vision is to help you take your next steps so you can experience a better life. We want you to follow after Jesus. And we believe he brought you here for that reason, under our care to help you do that. And we don't take that lightly. Father, we thank you so much for your family. And we know we're not perfect. And you know that. That's why we have a perfect savior, that if we keep our eyes on him, he's the head of the church, Lord, just listen to him. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you meet the need Everyone wants to belong to something. And the enemy is gonna do everything he can to distract, to destroy, to remove, to replace, to draw. But God, in your family, we have security. In your family, we have identity. God, in your family, we have stability. So thank you, Father, for placing us in your family. We don't deserve it, but thank you. Now God, use your family all over the world, the church all over the world, that you will get the glory. And for generations and generations to come, Lord, may we be the ones who continue to pass on the good news, the gospel, that you came, you died, you got up out of the grave three days later, and whoever believes will never perish but have everlasting life. God, that's the message we will proclaim to the day we die. 
for it's in your son's name we ask and we pray, amen.